This is Life Admin Life Hacks, a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently, to save your time, your money, and improve your household harmony. I'm Dinah Rowe Roberts, an operations manager, and this week's show notes for this podcast will be brought to you by ChatGPT. I'm Mia Northrop, a researcher and writer who is a total sci-fi geek, and I remain optimistic that humanity can avoid a dystopian nightmare. In this episode, we'll do a deep dive into using ChatGPT and BARD to expedite and automate your life admin. Hello, and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. Before we get into it today, we want to thank our latest reviewers. Hello, Kelly29. She left a review on Apple Podcasts that said, great nuggets of advice. I'm naturally a very organized person, but I'm still finding so many great nuggets of advice in these episodes. Choirs of angels sung when my husband added source firewood for winter to our new shared to-do list. We're so pleased that the ideas we're sharing are useful for people who consider themselves pretty organized already, as well as people who are setting up methodical processes and systems for the first time. If you're one of those people who is a lifelong learner and into self-improvement, it's great to be able to tweak and optimize various dimensions of life admin too. If you're into the show and find us helpful slash funny slash maybe wise, (laughs) then please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does raise the visibility of the show and helps us in our quest to rid everyone of their crippling mental loads and the burden of out of control life admin. So if you want to check whether you've been living under a rock, then your level of familiarity with ChatGPT and its lesser known Google cousin Bard is your new litmus test. Both of these free AI tools came out in late 2022 and have been blowing people's minds ever since. Why? Because this is the first mainstream taste of that science fiction future where we can chat, or in these cases, mostly type prompts on a website to AI, and they respond sounding like humans with information we can readily use. Yeah, well, the magic of these tools, ChatGPT and BARD, is that they're a type of generative AI which learns from content across the internet and other data sources, and they use a language model and knowledge to create by itself. So you can ask it a question or ask it to analyze or explain something, and it will draw on that knowledge and everything anybody has ever typed into it and feedback it's got on previous responses to generate a new answer. Yeah. So, Diana, what do you find exciting about this technology? I guess I'm quite a practical person. So for me, it's, you know, I'm massively into productivity. So the thing that I guess I've been using it the most for is, is writing because I can write, like I'm not a terrible writer, but it's probably the area of like my life where I sort of agonize the most about things. And I find I'm like the slowest um, Mm -hmm. at doing things. So the thing that's most exciting for me is like this productivity boost I can get from it in terms of improving my writing really quickly. So I guess, you know, the excitement is the productivity gains. And does anything about you freak you out? Well, I think that the thing that makes me the most nervous is when it gets things wrong. And I guess this is where, you know, our kids and particularly for the next generation who perhaps, you know, grow up in a world where AI is like, you know, it is mainstream. And so maybe they're not as sceptical as we are about Mm. some of the stuff and don't have as good a litmus test, I think, in terms of, hang on, that doesn't seem quite right. And I guess what does that mean in terms of, you know, when misinformation gets so easily get like spread across the globe and become kind of the truth 
so to speak. I don't know. What about you, Izzy? Yeah. Well, I know we're just going to talk about ChatGPT and Bard, but there are other AI tools that can use video and audio very convincingly. And that whole deep fake thing is is fully freaky. I... So it's, you know, we've got a few examples today, actually, where we asked the different tools questions and they did get it wrong. Like they came back with very different answers. And sometimes both of the answers were just plain old wrong. So, yeah, I find those AI hallucinations kind of interesting. While these tools at the moment can be really helpful, can speed up things, can create great first drafts. I think there's still that idea that when they're, you know, if it's something really important, you need to fact check it. Is it, does it freak me out? Sometimes the tone of the responses freaks me out, especially Bard. Like sometimes Bard comes across like a sulky, defensive teenager. <laughs> and I think about how in that, you know, science fiction movie 2001, I asked Bard some question and I, he said, I am still under development, but I'm learning new things every day and I'm excited to see what I can do in the future. And I'm like, you're not excited. You're a machine. How can you be excited? You could say yeah. it's exciting to see what I can do in the future, yeah. but you are not excited, buddy. You are programming. <laughs> so I don't like the fact that Google has programmed Bard to, to communicate like that because that to me is a bit uncanny valley. Like yeah. you're trying to be human, but you're not. So don't try to be human. You know what I mean? Have you asked ChatGPT who is Mia Northrop? Yeah, and it came back with a grand hallucination. I sounded much more awesome than I was. I think it thought I was Mia Friedman. Yes. <laughs> Hang on, you've become Mia. Mia Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, that's not me. Clearly I'm not putting enough content out there. I did ask, well, you know, they're very different. They're different language models. I asked Bard about ChatGPT and Bard, first of all, was like, who's ChatGPT? (laughs) And I said, oh, ChatGPT is another AI. And then I said, have you heard of it? And then it's like, oh, yes. And it gave this sort of technical description of what it is. Mm. And, of course, I asked ChatGPT about Bard and it didn't know because ChatGPT's data sources finished in 2021. But I thought it was, again, it was like a sulky teenager. It was like, "Hmm, I don't know, who's who's (laughs) ChatGPT? I think I have enough sulky teenagers in my life without any more. We don't need digital ones too. So they use different language models, which is the way that AI is trained on data to learn patterns and structure and meaning. And at this time, if you play around with Bard, it lets you see three other drafts of what its response was going to be. So you type in a prompt and then you can see the versions it discarded before it decided, you know, this was the one I I'm putting forward, but you can see the other drafts. ChatGPT does that as well. If you if you thumbs down the original response, it's, if you give a, a bit of feedback and say, no, nah, didn't like that, it'll say, well, these are my other responses. You know, is one of these better? You can also read out its responses. So Bard lets you read out the responses, like an audio, mm. and you can also click buttons to generate shorter, longer, simpler, more casual, or more professional versions. So it sort of already, already has those tools to, to tweak the draft that it's given you. You can also click through to Google search results from Bard, which is useful because it might sort of get you started with something, but if you want to dive deeper and go to a source, it lets you click through to the Google search results so you can fact check it. You can also use the mic to give it an audio prompt so you don't have to type on Bard. I hadn't, honestly, I hadn't spent that much time playing around with Bard until we planned this episode. There's some definitely some strengths over ChatGPT in certain areas. 
for both of them, you can click to copy the answer and paste it elsewhere, and you can share the responses with others. And they both store your previous chats, so you can pick up where you left off. So if last week you wanted to know all about you know, retirement funds, and then you circle back this week with more questions, you can just go back to that previous chat and pick up the conversation and it has the context of what it was talking about. But there are some definite caveats, aren't there, to using these tools, Diane? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely imperfect. And I've certainly experienced getting things wrong that can make stuff up. It's really important to fact check the answers if it's important to you. Yeah. And you don't want to type in any sensitive confidential information. So they save every input they receive and they might regurgitate it back to a stranger. So you don't want to be putting in any personally identifiable information, you know, sensitive financial information, any, you know, account numbers or, you know, any numbers related to you that could be sensitive. Or if you're using it for work, any sort of commercially sensitive information, don't put it into these systems because they are saving all of it. Yep. And I guess finally, you know, human reviewers might scrutinize your conversations to improve the quality. So I guess that's, you know, reinforcing that privacy issue to make sure that you're not putting things in there you don't want other people to see. Yeah. And people, this episode is brought to you by our new signature online course, The Art of Adulting. This 12-week program features step-by-step lessons that guide you through setting up foundational digital tools, plus sharing the mental load, money management and mindset, kids' logistics, organising a will, meal planning, and social life and self-care, just in time for the December holiday season. Each week, new content drops and there are live Q&As with us, plus you have access to a private Facebook community and three bonus masterclasses with time management coach Christy Flora, author of Hacking Happiness and Adaptability Coach Penny Lacasso, and mental load expert and author of Love Your Kids Without Losing Yourself, Dr. Morgan Cutlip. This course is value-packed to help you get real results. Doors are now open for this year's class intake and they close September 19. We won't be running the course again until 2024, so head to lifeadminlifehacks.com now to enroll. We can't wait to meet you in the community and help you step out of your circus and step into calm. All right, Diane, let's dive into some specific tasks and examples of these AI prompts at work. Yeah, so should we kick off with meal planning and grocery shopping? Because I feel like that's actually what I used first, to be honest. Yeah. Like a simple prompt, like I've got these things in my fridge, plan me a menu, but you can actually get way more specific than that, can't you? Yeah. So I think this is where you can have fun with giving it all the criteria that are (laughs) going to shape how you want to eat. So you can start off your prompt by saying, you know, create me a meal plan, where, you know, it can be a weekly, fortnightly, monthly, give it a number, 10 days, you know, specify whether you want dinner, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So your prompt might be, you know, give me a weekly meal plan for dinner and you could start there. And as you said, you might decide to use items from your fridge or pantry. So you can say, suggest three dinner recipes that can use up these items in my fridge and pantry cauliflower, zucchini, chicken breast, rigatoni, lemons. And it will come back and suggest three recipes and it'll list out the ingredients, it'll step out the method and off you go. Yeah, so you can also do even, you know, more complicated things like creating a seven-day meal plan that has dinner recipes for the following categories. You know, we advocate using categories for your meal planning. So you might come up with the categories you use like fish, chicken, pasta, or you might use cuisine types. So for each meal state, like you can ask it to state the category, what the cooking time is, and you can even ask it then to create a shopping list for the entire meal plan with quantities, say for a family of two adults and two children 
children and even organize the shopping list by supermarket department so it makes it way easier to get the shopping done. Yeah. So we'll actually put these prompts in the show notes so you can copy and paste them. But yeah, you're basically saying create a seven day meal plan that has dinner recipes for the following categories, pasta, vegetarian, roast, blah, blah, blah. And then you can say for each meal, state the category, mention cooking time duration, create a consolidated shopping list for the entire meal plan with quantities for a family of two adults and two children. And yeah, organize the shopping list by supermarket department. So you've got in there the range of cuisine, you know, you can actually specify if you want the the cooking time to be a certain duration. So you might say create a meal plan where no dinner takes more than 30 minutes to make, or you can talk about the ingredients. You can say, I want seasonal new recipes or low carb or gluten-free or plant-based or whatever your dietaries are, you can say this is where you want it to focus. Yeah, and if you've got like picky eaters in your family, it can really help expand your repertoire because you can put in some of those, you know, restrictions, but it still will give you options that maybe you hadn't thought of. And I guess one of the other things that I found really useful was I did it once where I was like, give me uh, meals that I can prepare in advance. Mm -hmm. So things that I knew that I could prepare maybe on the weekend or the morning before, et cetera, so that I knew if I was having a particularly busy week, I could get ahead of the game. Yeah. And I asked ChatGPT, what are the kinds of meal planning prompts I can ask you? And it came back with this list of 10 things. And I love some of them. Some of them were like, generate a diverse and culturally inspired monthly dinner plan that introduces international flavors and cooking techniques. I'm like, (laughs) Okay, go you. You can also specify chefs and cooks who publish prolifically online. So I said, create a weekly dinner plan with a mix of comfort food favorites and lighter options. This is what ChatGP had suggested. To satisfy cravings while maintaining a healthy balance, include Jamie Oliver, Yotamata Lange, and Rachel Ray recipes. And it spits out these responses with links to their recipes because they've got so many articles and, you know, published recipes online. And it's specified for each day, you know, this is the dinner, here's the link to the recipe, this is your main dish, this is your side dish. And because I'd asked for comfort favourites and lighter options, <laughs> it also included whether there was a salad or a dessert. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. That's, and I love that. I love that you can link through to the actual recipes there. So that's great to be able to paste into your meal plan. Yeah, and I think the other thing to do is to really, I've started to use this really effectively in ChatGPT, is like tell it how you want the output to display. So what's the yeah. format? So put it into text format that I can paste into a spreadsheet or what I often do is say put it in a table format because, you know, it's just much easier to read in that yeah. way. So I think specifying that just makes the output useful useful that's right in a way that you know otherwise if it's just information can be a bit tricky to you know be able to easily use actually use it and share it yeah I get it to I say put it in a table format that I can paste into the notes app in my phone so I can paste it into my phone and then I can share it with whoever it needs to see it. The other two things I've played around with was with giving it calorie count restrictions. So, you know, if I'm going to clean, eat clean for a little while, I can say no meal should be more than, you know, 600 calories. And it'll come back with the list of meals and it'll specify the calorie count for each meal. And you can also get it to show the nutrient macros for each meal as percentages. So for each meal, it'll go, you know, carbs, 20% fat, 40% protein, or blah, blah, blah. So if you're looking at your diet and you want to understand those details, you can ask it to include it as well. 
Amazing. So yeah, definitely meal planning. It's a win. Yeah. And the grocery shopping, I think for it to be able to consolidate, like come back with the meal plan, but also pull together the consolidated shopping list with quantities and then organizing it by supermarket department, that's gold. (laughs) That's just, (laughs) that's beautiful. Yeah, definitely a win there. Yeah. Okay, so another use, which is, I guess, my biggest win in using ChatPT is around drafting or writing things for you. So Mm. letters, emails, messages, queries, complaints, cover letters for a job application, you know, any guys communication that requires some crafting, you can ask both of these tools to help you give you a draft. Yeah, I, I use it when I need to write things like ask your favour. And I'm like, how can I word this so it's really going to not sound, you know, just get it right and then you tweak it. Um, so there's a few key things to keep in mind when you're doing this. One is it to give it enough context. You want to say who you're writing to and why. And the other, So you either give it a sense of purpose and, you know, what outcome are you seeking from the recipient? Yeah. And I think the other one is to specify the tone you want. So I was using it actually on the weekend to write a an email response to a teacher at my son's school. Mm. And so I wanted that to be quite formal, um, you know, as a senior teacher. So, you know, in a formal tone, as opposed to if it's something different where you wanted to have like a humorous tone or a casual tone or a sincere tone or apologetic, all of those sorts of tones can really help. And you can actually also specify to write in the style of a specific person who publishes prolifically so if you do know someone's writing and you know that you know you want to sort of replicate that style you can ask them to use that tone yeah I think that's incredible I've used it with my cousin who runs goddess retreats in Bali and she was pulling together some material and she's like oh she has you know some thought leaders that she follows she's like what if we write this copy in the style of you know this person of Tara Brock this meditation specialist or what if we write it like you know Ram Dass this meditation guru and it just changes the words it brings back their language the sentence length the tone it's freaky i've used it as well it can be humorous to see how it spices it up you can also ask it to draft a few versions so instead of just saying you know write me an email write me a you know a formal email to the teacher about xyz you can say create three drafts of an email blah 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 so that you can see its variations and then you can pick and choose from which version you like yeah and sometimes i just say can you make it longer can you make it shorter those sorts of things um so i think that that's you know really easy way of getting a quick another version of something so i think one of the things you suggested was like getting it to write a complaint letter so you could give it instructions like please draft a complaint letter to Ticketmaster, explaining how i waited online for an hour to buy tickets to the weekend concert in melbourne only to have the tickets sell out (laughs) within 10 minutes oh my god it was so annoying (laughs) and for resale sites to offer the same tickets at triple the price within half an hour. I would like Ticketmaster to explain what they are doing (laughs) to protect the integrity of the purchasing process. Write this letter in a formal tone. (laughs) God damn it, Ticketmaster. Yes. And so, you know, being able to just put that out there and then get them to, you know, generate a response, like really. And it nailed it. When it did it, it was like, you know, scalping, Bob. I knew what I was getting at. And so we introduced all this other language and I'm like, yep, you got it. This is coming your way. I was quite furious. But it was professional. Like, you know, it didn't. It didn't slip into any sort of irrational stuff or things that if you were feeling emotional <laughs> would seep into your writing. It kept it 
kept it professional. Yeah, I'm not going to get a result, but anyway, <laughs> felt good. Yeah, a bit of therapy there. <sighs> so another area it's really useful is travel itineraries. So mm. you know, have you been using it for travel itineraries, Mia? Yeah, so I guess with, you know, life admin when it comes to holidays, it can be quite substantial trying to plan transport or plan attractions or work out, you know, you've got three days in a certain place, how are you going to optimise your time? So it can be very helpful to research destinations and understand the top attractions at certain times of the year. And you can ask it to plan, as I said, like you've got X amount of days in a certain place, give us an itinerary that includes, you know, these kinds of events. We're going to Japan next year. And so I said, you know, what are the top Tokyo attractions for a family with a 10-year-old boy and a 12-year-old girl? We'll be there for three days in January. And then I put in, you know, we're staying in this area and I asked it to plan the itinerary so that it clumped the attractions that were close to each other to visit on the same day. You know, that sort of actually made sense and it wasn't sending us all over Tokyo at random on random different days. And it did. It pulled that together quite well. It was interesting here using BARD versus ChatGPT for mm-hmm. this because this is where BARD was actually really helpful because it came back with links through to uh, the places yeah, that is really and helpful. pictures. So it had little images of the attractions it was suggesting and then it had links through to those places so you can go and just sort of dig a bit deeper or fact check it or take that resource. I also asked about transport options. So, you know, what's faster, what's cheaper, what's more direct? You know, how do I get from A to B? And again, with BARD, it actually links through to, you know, the train service or the bus service. So I can go and fact check it and, and, and make it happen, actually. Whereas it was all a bit theoretical on ChatGPT. And again, because I wanted something current, uh, it's what I'd use BARD for because it's got the, you know, more current data sources whereas ChatGPT finishes in 2021. It's, it's the, there's still possibilities for hallucinations there, so, yeah, you would want to fact check it. And when I used it for something like this, again, I asked it to put in a table format with a column for the total cost, which I thought was also kind of helpful in terms yes. of just like getting a f- flavour for how I want it to be displayed because once I put it into a table, it was then easier for me to then take the information and like get rid of stuff and add other things and yeah. those sorts of things. So, yeah, thinking about asking it to put it in the format that's going to be useful for you also saves time. Yeah. Uh, the other things it can help you with is currency exchange. So it can re- suggest the best places to do your currency exchange and time of year. It'll tell you your visa and passport requirements and it can help you compare travel insurance policies. So I was like, we're going skiing, help me compare travel insurance policies and find the best policy given that we're going skiing and we've got two adults and two kids. And it came back with some suggestions about the criteria that I should be looking at. So it's like you want to think about the level of coverage and the deductible and the waiting period and exclusions. And then it listed with links to websites, a bunch of insurers that do include snow, you know, snow yeah. activities. So that was super helpful. It did. I did. It's funny though, there's little things, you know, Bard has this sort of generic, I hope that helps <laughs> at the end of its responses. Whereas ChatGPT finished with things like, enjoy your family trip to Japan. I just love the level of sophistication there. <laughs> like, it knows what you're doing. It's, uh, it's kind yeah. of creepy though. It's kind of creepy. It's kind of nice. It's yeah, a weird line. It I is. Just, I find it just interesting. I think about the engineers who are doing this programming and the designers and researchers who are like, is this too much? Do we want it to have that understanding? But I kind of like it. 
The other thing it was really good at was packing lists. Uh-huh. So you could ask it for a packing list for a certain destination and, and you could mention the activities you're doing and the time of year. So I asked it for a packing list and I was like, well, it's going to be cold. So you want to dress like this. You want to wear layers, blah, blah, blah. And then it just pumped out the lists. Chat GPT did it in a format that was just actual lists. And then Bard did it in a format with some pictures as well. And then links to stuff you can buy. Mm. So depending on, yeah, what, <laughs> yeah, what you need, they're both useful in that way. Awesome. Okay. So another area where we think it can be really useful is gift ideas so uh, this is a cracker one like suggest some gifts that cost less than $50 for a man who's turning 53 like those sorts of people are really hard to buy for he likes fishing skiing DIY barbecuing and family time so those kind of prompts really will give you perhaps ideas you'd never thought of and I guess you know it's a bit different to doing a google search where you'll get kind of a a different style of response in terms of the curation of it that's right it does broaden your your thinking some inspiration and again bard was more useful here because it includes links to websites and it includes images for things so and that sort of spurs your creativity as well yep okay another area that we've been using it for is like book tv podcast recommendations so things like i like the life admin life had podcast so suggest some similar alternatives that i might like yeah I, i love this for books and understanding, okay, I put in a few authors that I like or a few book titles that I've liked and it'll suggest a whole bunch of other books, which is good to sort of expand your reading. Certainly also about certain topics. You can ask it to actually create reading lists to learn about a certain topic. So you can say, generate a reading list to help me understand personal finance better and include TV shows, radio programs, and podcasts that would also educate me about this topic. And it'll pump out, you know, some TV shows, some books, radio programs, articles. So if you want to, you know, deep dive on something, it's giving you a range of media you can get into. I must admit, I haven't yet used it for, but I'm going to use it for my book club because I feel like we spend half our book club meeting talking about what's the next book. So I reckon this could be a game changer in terms of picking our um, next book for book club. Yeah, that's that's a good one. (laughs) You want to use Bard if you want current books. But this is another strength of it because you can ask it to compile best of lists. So I I asked both of them, generate a list of the best picture winners for the BAFTAs, Oscars and Actor Awards, the Actor Awards are the Australian, the, the lesser equivalent <laughs> of these, the Australian Awards, since 2000. Organise the list by year and asterisk the films that are currently available on streaming platforms. And That's so it pumped out this table and it had for each year, you know, who won Best Picture for the BAFTA, the Oscar and the Actor. And I was like, this is cool. And then I had a little asterisk of, of which ones I could get on streaming. But... Interestingly, I put one on Bard, I put one on ChatGPT, and they had different results. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is not like these are facts. There's yeah, no contention that's about really kind of scary, who won isn't it? Best picture. Yeah. And so I dug a little deeper, and not only were they both different, they actually got things wrong. So, for example, in the year 2000, Bard said The Dish won the best film for the Actor Awards, and ChatGPT had. Oh, I can't remember. I think it was I think it was Lantana or something, or maybe that's the year after. Anyway, and then I Googled it, and the best film was actually looking for Alabrandi. So they both <laughs> got it wrong. So that made me think about, you know, why 
why did they get this wrong? It's from 2000. It was a long time ago. But I'm thinking about the amount of data available at certain points in the internet. The year 2000 was a long time ago in the internet and it's probably actually before most of the world was using it regularly on a daily basis. So, you know, even though these are facts that have been around for a long time, there's probably not that much data about award winners in year 2000. I'm sure if we looked at the films from like 2015 onwards, it'd be completely consistent and accurate. But yeah, it's something to keep in mind when you're (laughs) thinking about those (laughs) responses and whether you need to fact check it. I mean, this was not a life or death situation, (laughs) so I didn't really care. I just wanted some ideas of film that might have escaped my radar that it would be worthwhile. Yeah, It was interesting that something so uh, black and white was really wrong. That is, that is interesting. I think what's also useful is you can actually use a prompt to ask what sources should I visit to fact check this yeah. response? Okay. Yeah, and it'll say, go and look here to fact check this and point you to some places that should be giving you a... Yeah, I mean, I think that is the most useful thing is like the follow-up questions and it has mm. the context of the question that you've already asked, which I guess is what you don't get with a standard internet search. You don't yeah. get that context building. So I do find you kind of need to talk to it like you would talk to a person who you're asking questions of and like, tell me more about that or I want to know more about this part of something or something and then yeah. you will be able to, to get that information. Yeah. And also just following up around, you know, if you want to specify your country and where you live to get country-specific advice and resources Mm. because sometimes I have asked for things and it gives me a whole bunch of American references or UK references and I'm like, well, that's not useful because I need to understand how this works in Australia. So, yeah, putting those follow-ups can be helpful too. And I think another use case that you've been using it for is like organising teams and groups, Mia. Do you want to tell us about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I manage my son's soccer team and we need to select a captain for each week's match. And, you know, it's a pretty straightforward task. But I'm like, can this just, can, can I automate this somehow? And so I asked ChatGPT, I did it for both again to see how they would handle it. But I put in there, you know, I manage my son's soccer team. We need to select a captain for each week. Here are the names of the boys. And I listed the names. And I said, create a randomised captain roster for Saturday games between 1st of June and 30th September. Display in a table with the names and the dates and specify those who are captain multiple times. And it just spat out a table with all the dates and names and I could just put that into my roster. I tried to le- I tried to like get it to reference the actual official fixture so I would know the exact mm. dates and when the school holidays were and yeah. where the buys were, but it like f- fell over doing that. But I'm like, that's the next step when you can say, look at this data or, or draw in from this resource and match it with what I what I need it to do for myself <laughs> because pumping out that weekly roster with the location and who we're, who we're versing and everything, oh, my God, how is, some, is someone not solved that where you just put in the kids' names and it just pumps out and tells you whether you're wearing blue socks or yellow socks? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next level. Well, so I think it's fair to say that both of us are fully embracing ChatGPT and I guess increasingly you're getting into BARD. I need to dig into it now. So I definitely think it's something worth exploring for life admin. Is there anything else you think you're going to use it for going forward? What are your thought bubbles? What are my thought bubbles? I literally, 
half the time, as soon as I need to do something new, I'm like, hmm, what's ChatGPT or by God to say about this? How can I use it? Like I'm leaning on them all the time for all sorts of things. I just, yeah, it'll imagine that as people get more curious and more creative with this, there'll be so many more use cases that come our way and we'll be sure to share them either on our socials or in our newsletter or we'll talk about them here as well. Okay, well, I think that's hopefully given you some really good tips on how you can use both BARD and ChatGPT. So our top hacks are to use both BARD and ChatBGT depending on whether you need up-to-date data, so using BARD in that case and links to resources, or if you want more sophisticated analysis, probably ChatGPT is Mm. the go-to. Yeah. If your inquiry is very important, fact-check the response due to occasional AI hallucinations. And ask the tools how to improve the prompts you've written to get the result you want and also ask it to put it in a format that's going to be useful for you. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. And if you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.